0: Welcome to Top Shelf Talks. Opinions from this podcast are those of the host or their guests only. No information on this podcast should be taken for legal, tax, or investment advice. Welcome everybody back to Top Shelf Talks, our financial series here with my good friend, Tom Costantiello. And know, Chris. Uh, doing all right. We're uh, starting this new year. Uh, I know we had a podcast a few weeks ago and I've been laid up and uh, you've been a busy man getting all the financial plans out the door and everything for the new year. So how are things going so far this year in 2023 for you?
1: Um, it's interesting. It's been good. It, there's still a lot of uncertainty, you know, of course, in the marketplace, you know, the Fed inflation seems to still be a problem. You know, it looks like the Fed may continue to raise interest rates. However, you know, the consumer is still strong and um, the economy still seems to be chugging along. So, you know, we don't see any traumatic warning signs. The only warning sign we see right now is probably the shrink in the money supply, which could create a liquidity problem. But I was reading somewhere where uh, China and and Japan were pumping out currency, uh, which kind of could offset for that liquidity issue. So, but I really expect hopefully by summer, I'd say July, August, September to pretty much be out of this and, you know, start looking at more of a positive trajectory with a little bit more certainty. So we'll see.
0: I know we talked in the past. One thing that's been weird about this bear market last year, this downturn was the, the, but the currencies were up. The dollar was like super strong. Is that still the case or is it weakening a little bit?
1: The dollar is still kind of holding its own. Obviously anytime you shrink the money supply, right? Supply demand. Right. You, you kind of increase the the value of the dollar. So, you know, right now it's 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 still holding its own. It's up there, but it's kind of peaked at this point.
0: So, if people are flying to Europe or something, it's still a good time to to go over there and get a decent exchange.
1: Yeah, I remember when the euro first came out. I don't know if you do years ago, but it was like 89 cents to the dollar. Yeah. And now it's a dollar 5. Wow. And that's that's pretty good. I think if you go back 5 years ago, we were almost a dollar 43 to the euro. So, yeah, I think things get priced accordingly. Right. I mean, if you go back to 2021, we were at a dollar 22. Right. So, great time to travel, you know, yeah. great time to to go overseas. Uh,
0: other thing too, I've been watching the silver and gold. They've been pretty much steady too for at least the last quarter of 22 and into twenty three, so if you've got silver or gold, I I just hang tight on it, really, because precious metals they bounce around quite a bit. But we kind of get off topic today, but we're gonna have a little bit of fun today. You ready to have some fun?
1: I'm always ready to have some fun.
0: So we did this once before. We took some TikTok, um, I would say videos, because that's really what it is. But then I dubbed them into the podcast. We're gonna listen to those and kind of get our reaction to some of these, and they're not too off the wall. Uh, But I think it'll be fun to kind of get a perspective of... um, I broke them up into two sections. One is 401Ks. I know you and I have been talking quite a bit about 401Ks. It's really a good savings program, especially for people just starting out and and people are still actively employed. Hit these two, and then uh, I want to get your reaction.
1: So here we go. All right. 401K is the biggest scam in America. If you were a farmer, would you rather pay taxes... On a couple small seeds, or would you rather pay taxes on a huge harvest? A 401k is basically you paying taxes on a harvest. It makes more sense to take that same money that you've already paid taxes on, invest it into your life insurance program, let it grow, compound interest, and at the end, you pay no taxes because you paid them up front.
0: I got to give props to the cool music in the background. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I,
1: I, I, I William, you know, I think that's. I don't agree with that at all for, for a couple of reasons. And I don't know how long ago or when this guy did his research, but the majority of 401ks, if not all of them today offer a Roth component. Right. Now your employer match is always going to be pre-tax, although they're talking about making that after tax if you do a Roth now. So that's kind of cool. But <clears throat> I think the best way to do it, you know, because there's a lot of fees with life insurance. Okay. Right.
0: Yeah. Exactly. So
1: if you have a 401k, and this is where his he's wrong. So if I put you know six percent of my salary into a 401k, I make a hundred grand. That's six thousand. My employer matches four thousand. Well, that four thousand. Okay. Yeah, it's going to go into the pre-tax. But so what? My six thousand, which would go into a life insurance policy anyway, right. is going to grow a hundred percent tax-free. And when I withdraw that money, it's a hundred percent tax-free. Right you know there's no loan there's no extra fees inside right. of that and the in the life insurance program there's some there's a lot of moving parts and the fees tend to be really high a roth side by side dollar for dollar generally is going to outperform that life insurance policy
0: and you bring up a good point on a life insurance policy like this guy's talking about making a life insurance policy a investment tool so you're looking at a whole life policy or most likely a universal life policy and as you said there's fees but you really don't withdraw the money, right? You a loan against the actual death benefit against the balance that's in there. And we could do a whole podcast on
1: insurance,
0: but it is, as you mentioned, very complicated. And this guy makes it sound like it's super simple and it's really not right.
1: I think the best thing to do whenever you're in that situation, run the illustration side by side. I can show you, you know, side by side, but You know, the guy's assuming that you don't have a Roth component to your 401k. Well, if that's true, then, you know, the life insurance may be a better tool. But what if tax rates are lower? What if they stay the same? You know, it's, there's a lot of, once again, I think you got to run them side by side. I'm a big fan of the Roth 401k.
0: Oh, I am too. I'm, I'm a participant in it. Yep.
1: You know, and so that's what I would do, especially if you're a high income earner and you can't do a Roth. Right. You can in a 401k. Yeah, exactly. Oh, and by the way, you still get your match. Exactly.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. On our plan that I'm in, we get the match, but it is pre-tax match. Safe Harbor match is what they call it nowadays. Yeah. The nice thing about Safe Harbor is that rule changed. And I don't know how many years ago it changed, but the nice thing about Safe Harbor is there's no vesting period. Correct. So if, you're, if your employer has a Safe Harbor match, and for anybody who's listening, you just ask your employer is this a safe Harbor match? And they say, yes, then you know, you're not, you don't have to worry about sticking around five, six years, whatever the vesting period is. And you're still going to get your money when you leave.
1: So it's well, and generally when you, when you go to work for someone and you get your employee packet and you're eligible, yeah, you'll get, you know, like the enrollment kit and in the enrollment kit, it'll have the summary plan description, which we call the SPD mm-hmm. and it'll have that information. And so if you ever have any questions, how that works, obviously get a hold of a financial advisor or, or give us a call right. and give me a call and, We can walk you through it. Right.
0: All right. On to the next one. This is a 401k
2: if you just started your first full-time job and you have no idea what to invest in in your 401k listen to this you might not even realize you have to choose investments in your 401k and some account providers do choose a fund automatically for you to invest in but you want to make sure because you don't want to have your money contributed for a couple of years without actually having it invested but if you're logging into the account and you're overwhelmed with all of the options i'm going to help you out you're going to see a list that looks something like this on eligible funds you can choose within your 401k account my account provider is vanguard but even if you have a 401k through a different provider it should look something similar all of these options may look confusing, but if you have no idea what to invest in, consider what's called a target date retirement fund. These funds choose investments based on your age and therefore how far away you are from retirement. The idea is that when you're younger, you're far enough away from retirement age that you can afford to take more risks when you're investing with the potential to earn you more money. Stocks are riskier than bonds, so when you're younger, you should have a higher percentage of stocks than you do in bonds in your portfolio. Then as you inch closer to retirement age, you're slowly shifting from taking those risks to preserving your wealth rebalancing your portfolio to have more of a split between stocks and bonds a target date fund automatically makes those shifts for you so if you don't care at all about what i just said the good thing is they do it for you to choose a target date fund do a little math to figure out what year you'll be hitting retirement age and then choose the fund that's closest to that year for example i'm 23 so i have 37 years until i hit 60 years old so the target date fund that i would choose would be 2060. drop your questions in the comments and follow me for more I think
0: it was overall good advice. I mean, obviously, this yeah, person's do. a younger person.
2: Well, I do too,
1: and I think a lot of times when you're starting out, at least once again, when we do 401k plans, we do have those target date funds. Sometimes, though, they also have some some accounts, some programs for offer professional managed accounts too. Right. That that are really nice. However, you know, when you're first starting out, you may not have a lot of money in your account, and so I think the target date funds are a great place to get started. And then I think once you get to a point where maybe you're at a $50,000 balance, okay, or higher, you may want to engage with a financial advisor because can you can sort of get better returns and reduce your risk by using the individual funds right. and, and in, with certain percentages. And so we do that all the time. We'll take a look at a client's account and we'll say, okay, here's your target date fund. Here's the risk. Here's the reward. And then here's the portfolio we put together. Here's more more reward, more more return with the same or less risk. Right. So obviously, if you can get more return with less risk, uh, that should be the portfolio you're in. But starting out the Target Day Fund makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. So that's a couple other ones uh, just off the wall.
3: Good morning. You're never going to be able to retire. It's true. Not only do most millennials underestimate the amount of money they'll need to retire, the math almost precludes the ability to save enough money for that retirement. Based on Gross Income Calculator, you're going to need $1.8 million in order to retire by 67. The average millennial only has $63,000 in retirement savings. And at the average age of 32 years old, this means that the millennial only has 35 years to save $1.7 million. But wait, Brendan, don't investments accrue in value over time? Let's check the math. Using that $63,000 investment and investing $1,000 a month over 35 years actually does yield a $1.8 million future balance. Wait a minute, Brendan, I thought you said it wasn't possible. Because of one other issue, according to the U.S. Census Bureau, millennials only make $71,000 a year and spend, you guessed it, $70,000 a year. And because that's the average, it means half of us make less. So unless you make $15,000 more a year suddenly that you can shove into retirement savings, you're working until you're dead.
1: I guess I you, like don't that reti- you don't need a retirement plan. You might as well spend all your money then, right? Uh, well,
0: yeah. So I think some some things that come to the top of my head is one, he's making an assumption that you're going to make the 71000 for your entire career, which obviously is not something you want to, to do. You want to you know better your career as you go down as your years of service and, and whatever you're doing, accounting or whatever. But yeah, I just, I guess the whole thing of this thing is, and, and for millennials, which, you know, this person's talking about is it goes back to our thing, you know, save that 10% day one, you know, you got to save, yep. pay yourself first. So I think if you take that and just adjust it, then you wouldn't be in that situation when you're spending $70,000, you're only making $71,000. So,
1: Yeah, you'd be in that case, right? You're you're making 70, you're spending 63. Right. And, oh, and then if you have a four hundred one k, your your employer's matching another twenty eight hundred bucks. Yeah. So now you're putting in almost ten grand. So if you rerun those numbers, you're you're probably north of two million dollars. But see, you, and what he's saying is it's it's a blanket, it's a generalization. You right. know, there's a lot of probably millennials that'll be up, you know, upset by that. You know, yeah. they that that tend to save, and in fact, they actually tend to save more than they're spending. To be honest. Uh, At least the ones I've come across. So too generalized, you know, and I think that's really more for marketing. But once again, it doesn't matter if you're a millennial. It doesn't matter if you're a Gen Xer, or Wire, or whatever you are. Yeah. You know, the importance of paying yourself first, which we're going to eventually get to that series, putting in that 10%, which is great. I mean, do the 401k, do the Roth, get the match, right? These are all (laughs) these, all these, these TikToks actually tie together, I think, to a beautiful ending here. And that is take advantage of the 401k, you know, use the target date fund. If you're not sure what to invest in, Uh, do the Roth, that portion, the employer will match the other and then get with a financial planner to make sure you're on track and you're saving enough money.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head, kind of close 401k program. If your employer that you participate in that plan to the maximum that you can afford with a minimum, in my opinion, of ten percent, figure out how to put ten percent in there, and then the pre-tax, post-tax thing. So if you have the Roth available, and again, like you said, the match is always going to be pre-tax, and that has to do with some IRS rules, and we can't do anything about. If you can afford the taxes today, put it in the Roth. Then you never have to worry about it down the road. Um,
1: I agree. You know. I think you know if you could. to your point. Put your ten. Put ten percent of what yeah. you're in, and then that extra four percent's a bonus. Right. And that's going to help you probably retire at 60 versus 65. Exactly.
0: Yeah. So I think the theme here was, again, to keep things simple. I mean, in my opinion, no matter if you're 20 years old, 30 years old, 40 year old, 50 year old, it doesn't matter. Keep things simple. If you have questions, seek out financial uh, help like yourself and participate in these plans as early as possible. I, that's that's my takeaway from all this today.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think 100%. I mean, you know, there's never it's never too late to start. But make sure you're putting, you know, you're, you're saving more than, you know, you're putting away more than you're, you other, words, make sure you're not spending more than you're making. Right. That's number one. And if you get disciplined, like you said, putting 10% away first, then you're never really going to spend more than you're making. Right. If you live within that topic in the richest man from Babylon about getting out of debt and how you do that. But the same mantra holds true. Put, pay yourself first, put that 10% away always. Right. And if you can do that, you're going to be all set.
0: I think if you look around at successful people and uh, you talk to them about financial, that's they do, 10%, a large majority of them tied to the church. On top of that, you got to keep the debt down. I mean, you know, the debt is can get ahead, it can get ahead of you very quickly and yep. uh, and some, a couple of poor decisions. As a matter of fact, I'll close with this. Um, I, I watch a guy on YouTube. He sells cars out of New Jersey, and he was talking about having cars upside down. He was trying to explain. He did a really good job, too, of a car upside down. And basically, if anybody doesn't know that, it means you owe more on the car than the car is worth. And he was saying to, to this group, you know, this is a car dealership guy, is don't get your car upside down because you keep rolling that money, rolling that money. And that's where we talk about getting debt gets ahead of you, meaning that you've got now this huge thing that you have to literally dig yourself out of shovel by shovel. And you don't want to be doing that when you're 35, 40, or, or even 50 years old. Yep. It's all one big thing. Yep. All right. So to close, you got any closing words for everybody today?
1: Just you know, pay yourself first. Make sure you're taking advantage of your 401k. I I definitely would would take advantage of the Roth if you have it there, yep. and make sure you're getting your match. So that that's really it.
0: All right. Well, we'll close on that, and until um, next time.
1: Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Have a great one. We will talk to you guys later.
0: And as everybody knows, I'll be putting in the comments uh, Tom's contact information and. Um, how to reach out to us if there's any topics that you'd like. Yeah, to no, hear. Uh,
1: let's get some questions coming, you know, know, let's reach out to us, send us a question about something, you know, I don't know how Absolutely. we solicit more of that stuff, Chris, but let's, let's get them to, you know, write in I'd love to, love to answer some of their questions or maybe even have some, uh, some folks on, on the show with well, us.
0: Uh, 2023, one of my goals is to do a live cast. A few questions, we'll get, uh, get a live cast going. So Awesome. Right. Sounds
1: good.